Welcome to Build Your Thing, the podcast where we help content creators find their unique creative voice, build a tribe of loyal fans, and monetize their work. My name is Matt Giaro, and my guest today is Daniel Canosa. So you know Daniel if you've been listening to the podcast because he was one of the first creators I've interviewed last year. Since then, Daniel has built up his Notion Consulting business to 100k per year, and this year, he wants to focus heavily on YouTube to acquire new eyeballs and customers. Why is that the case and what's his plan? This is exactly what you're about to discover in today's episode. With that being said, let's get started. All right, Daniel, welcome back to the show. Hello, Matt. Nice to be here. It's great to have you back. So you've been on the show one year ago and... I know that a lot of things happen on your end. So what has what has changed? Well, man, it, it's incredible that it's been already one year because this also means that I've been doing all this that I'm doing for one more year, which and I'm still alive, which is good news. Um, so honestly, uh, a lot has changed. I believe uh, back in the day when we when we spoke, um, I was not uh, focusing too much on on consulting clients in in all these uh, notion systems and, and automation uh, universe, and and now I believe like sixty percent of of what I do is is that. But I know that we are gonna talk about uh, how I have changed a little bit my my mind this past uh, new year, um, and yeah, so I can I can tell you now how I see uh, this business uh, coming along in the future last time we talked about you starting a youtube channel and being able to monetize that through um two different ways so number one there was like your notion course and then you had like you were just you know starting with consulting and helping businesses kind of systematize their their processes so what does your business look like looks like today Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to to date, uh, yeah, as I, as I say, like sixty percent comes from from consulting, and also one learning that I have gotten from from this, and and I believe that this is gonna be helpful for everybody that is that is listening, that when when we get started, it is so much easier to to earn a, a good a good salary, a good living, by by doing things that don't scale. So by having a fewer clients but with higher ticket price. Because um, in the beginning, our audience is quite small. So so those are kind of easier to get. So you, you need less clients to make, uh, to make a, a good amount of money. Uh, but then now, since I'm, since I'm starting to, to grow the channel and, and everything, uh, now I'm focusing more on things that scale. And, and for things that that scale means that I don't have to use my own time uh, to sell more, uh, which in in my situation this comes in the form of Notion templates. So so those are like pre-made systems that that help businesses uh, to get started uh, with with using Notion, so they don't have to start from a from a blank page. And and as I said, this is fully scalable because they they just uh, they just pay for it, download it into into their own Notion, and and it's ready to go. Yeah, so I remember also there was like this kind of Notion template part. So um, I would like to go back to um, what you mentioned, which is, which is very interesting, and I think which a lot of people get wrong when they are starting out is that 
you know, they look for, I want passive income, I want to build something, I want to build something once and then sell it for an unlimited amount of amount of time. So what was your approach to actually start selling your services instead of your products? I love this question. And I learned, honestly, the hard way because I was also thinking the same, like build one, sell twice, I just want passive income, go to the beach, drink margaritas and, and all this and all this shit that, that the four-hour work week uh, tell us. But I quickly found out that for doing that, you need scale and you need you need a big audience because if you are going to, to be selling like $50, $100 products, um, you need to bring a lot of people in to make a, a decent income that can support your, your lifestyle. And I say that I learned this the, the hard way because in the beginning I was only doing the scalable thing, the, the flashy thing, as I, as I say. Um, and honestly, I was not very successful because my, my audience was quite small. So maybe I was making like 1,000 euros per, per month or some months less, some months more, but it was around, around the, that area. Um, and yeah, and for living in Europe, this is um, uh, this is impossible. Um, so I started to to ask myself, uh, why am I not really consulting people? Because I I love the thing that I that I do. I love thinking about systems. I love that I don't know, you might come here, tell me how your business is structured. I love com coming up with uh, with ideas on what we can automate, what we can fix, how can we make you like uh, super more efficient. And so I asked myself, if I like this, why am I not doing it? And the only answer that I could that I could get to was because it doesn't scale. But this, I think that this prevented me from from consulting for some months. But then I started thinking, I I believe I'm being a little bit stupid. Uh, if I like this thing, why am I not doing it? Just because it's not scalable. Like for for me, uh, that started to be uh, not enough reason. So um, so yeah, uh, a consulting project came came by. Uh, it was a person that bought my Notion course and and wanted like some more custom uh, thing built for for him. And and I said, okay, why not? Mm, it's it's more more money, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna have fun because I just love this thing. And and that's where when when everything started and and yes and to date now the 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 majority of the of the income comes from from the consulting and even if it's not scalable uh, it is something that I still enjoy so 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 yeah mm, I, 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 I will recommend this uh, for for anyone that has a small audience and that enjoy uh, consulting because consulting sometimes can be a little bit uh, cumbersome. But but yeah, man, if if you enjoy it, just just go for it and don't just get fixated on I just want passive income and and that's it. Because in the end, that is a little bit impersonal and you don't feel the people that are buying. You don't. I know it's a little bit or at, at least this is what I found. It's a little bit empty. How did you decide like on the pricing and how did you then you know start? kind of scaling this service which means when i when i'm talking about scaling is like how did you find more people to actually buy this service mm -hmm. yeah so in terms of of pricing honestly just winging it <laughs> so the the first the first client that that came i just quoted him uh, a number that felt uncomfortable for me. So I, I believe that I've always been guided by, by this feeling of, of being uncomfortable because I think that if we are uncomfortable when we share a price, 
the price is right. If we feel too comfortable, like say, um, I don't know, uh, I'm going to charge you 100 euros for this Notion build. Uh, for me, th this feels like too comfortable. And yeah, probably that is not the, the right number. But for context, like the first, uh, the first consulting project, I believe that I, I charged 450 euros and it took me like a full week. And, but that number back then got me nervous. So it was like, Oh, 400 euros. Like, uh, like it, it was, it was a lot for me because I was just uh, getting started and I had all these imposter syn syndrome and, and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, as a, as a rule of thumb, I will, I will follow this, this feeling of, of feeling uncomfortable in order to, to price, uh, services. And then in terms of, uh, of scaling, um, honestly, the majority I believe like 80 something percent of the, of the business for consulting that comes uh, to me comes uh, via YouTube. So, so yeah, uh, in the end, since the, the YouTube channel has uh, continued growing, so the, the quantity of clients has also, um, has, has also been maintained. So, uh, I, I receive I receive client inquiries from from YouTube uh, quite often, and another thing that I have done to be able to accommodate the the number of clients is automate almost everything. So all the admin work uh, is is fully is fully automated. I have like a, a, a workflow that triggers certain automations that sends the the invoice automatically, that sends the payment automatically, that, that sends everything, and and this has allowed me also to have. A more capacity to to take on more clients. That's interesting. So what you're saying is like YouTube has been your main traffic traffic source, so acquisition source. And then how does the customer journey looks like? So they stumble across a video, and then what? Like, do they buy a course, or do they just directly sign up, or do they perhaps send you an email straight away? It depends. But typically, uh, people, whenever they contact me, they have already watched uh, some of my videos, um, mainly like w one video that I have that, that is uh, specifically for, for businesses. So they have seen what, what the system can do, what Notion can do. So they are already bought into, into using Notion for their business. Probably, like like most often than not, they have already tried to to do it by themselves. Maybe they have even downloaded one of my templates. They have downloaded other templates from other creators, and they have tried it themselves. But it it has not worked because, um, as I always say, a template cannot really a, a template is not your business system. It's just a starting point. So you need. Uh, you need to build on top of it, so it's just saving you time, but it's not doing all the work for you. Um, so they, so then yes, uh, they find out that then they need like more custom things built and to uh, to modify the template and everything. Everything becomes chaotic. So in the moment that they are bought into the the, the system into into using Notion, but they realize that that is not enough. What they have in Notion is not enough. Is not working. They don't know how to automate it. Uh, then is in this point in which uh, they reach out. Yeah, and this is typically by, by email or by just directly like booking a call with me because I have the, the currently link in my, in my website. Um, and yes, and then we, we sit down, we have a chat and find out if we are, the, if we are a good match to work together. And if so, we, we go ahead. Okay, that's interesting. So can you walk us a little bit behind what your free consulting or what your free consultation actually looks like so you probably did say asking 
what they want to achieve, perhaps what their what their roadblocks are, and then like how does the conversation actually unfold into into a into a collaboration and um, also what is like your pricing uh, model? So do you mm-hmm. is it like do you charge per hour or perhaps or per project or like how does how does like walk us through like your 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 conversion machine? Okay, so in the in the first uh, call in the first chat that we that we have, uh, I basically want to know a little bit of everything, but not too much of anything. So I, I want to get like the the bird's eye view of what is the current situation in which the the business is in, like which uh, tools they are using, how they are using it, but then mainly. Uh, what is not working? So, what, what is what is the reason why they want to talk to me? So, this is the the question that I that I always ask. Like, why are you here? Like, I, I say it in a in a more polite way, but yes, in the end, is why are you here? And um, because I I wanna I wanna get to the to the pain points. So, I don't know we are we are uh, using a, a lot of time in in communicating internally, and and yes, and, and this is costing us like too too much time, and we are not effective. We are forgetting about sending proposals to clients, and in the end, they go with with someone else from the from our competence. Uh, I I, I want to get to there. So it's basically like a like a doctor. You go there, you see, I have a knee pain, and then they start asking you a question. Does it hurt when when you move it like this? Does it hurt when you you move it like that? And with all these questions, they will understand uh, what happens and and how to fix it. So this is basically what goes on during during these conversations. And then um, if I mean that there there's been also sometimes that they don't really have like a very big problem and that even like using Notion is not the best solution. So uh, I'm also very, very truthful. Sometimes I think, okay, mm, it will be it will be a waste of time that, that we work together because mm, because you're already working well or or because uh, I don't know, Notion doesn't fit what you want to do. Like and yeah, there there is some of these uh, of these situations as well. Then in terms of, of pricing, this depends on the on the company, honestly. Uh, Mm, I, I'm trying to standardize a little bit the offer that I that I make, but but I'm also flexible because mm, yeah, I, I, or at least I haven't yet found an offer that fits everything that that comes my way. So typically, I, I don't charge by hour because I I hate that. I believe that this is um, like shooting myself in the in the foot because I have this this belief that if we are able to to work faster because we are just like more experts uh, we shouldn't be compensated less because of that so so yeah i hate uh, charging by hour but what i what i do is charge uh, charge by by project um, i kind of estimate the the scope of the of the project and and yes and i give uh, an estimate pricing um yeah, with, with uh, maybe a number of sessions that, that is going to take us to, to complete. But honestly, this is not set in, in stone. I, I have done different things for, for different clients. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'm always uh, kind of tweaking the, the offer um, to try to find what's best for the client and for, and for me. So now I'm, in fact, in a, in a phase of kind of redefining how I'm going to go along uh, doing like making offers for for this service so yeah i mean in this middle this middle stage okay that's very that's very very interesting so since the vast majority or perhaps all of your clients are coming from youtube you are going to 
focus more on this aspect to acquiring new clients. Is that correct? Uh, yes, and this is a, a realization that I had not so long ago. Um, this was in, in New Year, which I which which is something that I said in the intro. Uh, during New Year's, I took like a couple a couple of weeks to kind of think, and that's it. So I was thinking like, how my business is going? What am I doing? Like, how what are my acquisition channels? Which are working? Which are not? And in the end, I, I yes, I, I found out that from every everything that I was doing, which was a YouTube, LinkedIn a newsletter and Twitter that the vast majority of the revenue was coming from, from YouTube. So, so yeah, so I have decided to double down on that. So uh, during 2022, I was a little bit lazy with, with YouTube. Maybe I released like, I don't know, 15 videos in, in the whole year. Um, which by the way, in 2022, I released in 2021, I released one video per week. So I was, I was quite good there. Uh, but I decided when, when I saw that uh, those numbers, like more than 80% comes from YouTube, I decided to go all in on YouTube again because it's, it's what was working. So, so yeah, it, it seemed uh, super clear. So, and now I'm back uh, to, to one video per, uh, per week. That's a huge difference, right? So on one side, you have like 52 videos per year and the other one, like 12 videos, like you, it's, it's just a huge difference. And, and, and what I really, really like about it is, is that you really see the 80-20 principle here again in action. So a lot of people are busy doing a lot of things. So obviously, when you're starting out, you don't really know what's working, right? So it's, it's not a bad thing to try to dip your toes into different, into different acquisition channels, perhaps also into different, um, you know, kind of offers that you're building and that kind of, you know, going a little bit wide on, on different directions just to actually see what actually works. But once you identify that something is working, then you should put all your focus in. And this is also something that a lot of people who are just starting out really don't understand. And I didn't understand this for my uh, for myself, uh, maybe like w when, when I was just starting out, just like perhaps 10 years ago, is that when you don't have, let's say, an when you don't really know where your clients are coming from, then you can't really optimize for anything, right? So the first step in being able to optimize and being able to cut through the noise of being overwhelmed, doing 500 different things at the same time is just setting up a proper tracking system. And for those who are interested in setting up a tracking system, I have a, I'm going to, to leave a link in the show notes, but, um, you know, understanding where people are coming from is quite easy when you're just you know working one-on-one -on -one because you can just ask people assuming the fact that they, they still remember where where they found you right but uh you know when you're selling let's say digital products or that kind of stuff it and we don't really have contact or, or so, sometimes you're just asking people and they say well i don't really know perhaps it was a medium article or it was a youtube video or it was like kind of a recommendation so <laughs> this is certainly also something that, that you have to keep in mind so i really like the approach that you know 80 20 you just identified okay what's working is youtube and i think youtube or seo in general because youtube is kind of a is kind of a search engine too is one of like the the most passive ways to actually get traffic of course like creating a video or writing an article like there 
there's a lot of work that that goes into it, but this is actually where you can really leverage your 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 efforts. So walk us a little bit through um, how do you what is actually your what does your how does your process actually looks like when it comes to um, creating YouTube videos. Before jumping into this, I, I want to to also say that it is super important, something that you have said, which is to have a tracking system. And uh, because it, it's something that I took for granted because this, of course, I know that 80% of my of my uh, clients come from YouTube, but it is because I have a, a system that, that tracks that. Um, my system for consultations is like super easy. I mean, just in, in, in the Canonly link, I just ask them in the form, where do you come from? So it's like, it cannot get simpler than this. Uh, of course, there, there is more uh, more professional ways of, of doing this. But yeah, the, this this simple thing um, gave me this this conclusion of of just uh, mainly using YouTube for for client acquisition. Then, in terms of uh, my my video creation process, uh, it is is also true what, what you said that uh, it is a lot of work. And in the beginning, even more because uh, creating videos uh, entail a lot of different skills that normal people don't have. <laughs> so normal people are are not comfortable talking in front of a camera. Uh, they don't know about lighting. They don't know about uh, audio equipment. They don't know about editing. They don't know about scripting. They don't know about any of this. So in the beginning, it is it is quite daunting. And, and for me, even it, it took me like, like several months to get started because I was paralyzed because I kind of knew all the skills that I needed to learn. And I was like, holy shit, like this is, this is too much. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up with this. But, but yes, yeah, so honestly, this is just something that everybody, everybody goes through and that we just have to, to, to get on with it. Uh, do the, the first, I don't know, 30 or 50 videos that nobody's going to watch. And, and I'm, from that point on, uh, yeah, we will have the the skills, and then uh, the video creation process is all done in in Notion. So I have a, a way to capture ideas. So whenever I have an idea, typically, <laughs> I believe I don't have ideas. I just see things online that give me ideas. So <laughs> I just I just do it like that. And whenever something online uh, tells me, oh this may be a, a cool idea for, for a video. Uh, I'm just going to go uh, to, to Notion. Oh, sorry. I'm just going to go to Notion and, and jot the idea down. But that is just the idea. I don't know the title. I don't know the thumbnail. I don't know anything. So it's just a bucket of, of ideas. Then at the end of every month, I plan my next month of content. So I go through all my ideas that I have, that I have written. And ideas can be like video about CRM. And that's it. So I have nothing else. And I can, and this, I, I honestly do a little bit by feeling like, what, what do I feel like creating for, for this month? So I'm just going to check like, I don't know, my 30 ideas and choose four for these, for this month. And, and to these four, I'm going to give them a little bit of love and I'm going to come up with a, with a proper title, uh, come up with the description of the thumbnail, how the thumbnail is going to, to look. And if this if this process sounds a little bit counterintuitive, like well, why are you starting with with the title and the thumbnail? It is because in the end, uh, those two things on YouTube are going to define what the content is about, and and those are the two most important things uh, on YouTube because is what is going to make people click on your video or not. So those should get a lot of love. And, and yes, once I get the, the 
title and the thumbnail description for these four videos. I'm just going to schedule them. I have like some subtasks that get created automatically for scripting and recording and editing. Uh, well, editing, no, because I have a, an editor uh, publishing. Um, and, and then, then that is it. Like whenever I have scheduled to do to do the script, I'm I'm gonna do the script. There are people that do the script in like many days for I don't know like twenty minutes a day. They just sit down, script a little bit, and then and then get on with whatever other thing. But that never worked for me, so I just do like the script from beginning to end in the in the same day. And and then yes, once the script is ready, I just sit down one day. I try to bulk record videos, so this means that I will have at least a couple of scripts ready to go, so I can record both videos on the same day and with the same setup because this uh, saves me time. In the past, I tried to record four videos in in one day, but that was too much, and I, and I started to hate the process. So so yeah, now I have come come back down to recording two. Because then this gives me like two weeks uh, worth of content. And then I have an, an automation that whenever I drop all the raw files in a Google Drive folder, uh, those get sent to my to my video editor and, and he takes the lead from there. So he he edits the video, he sends me uh, the, the edited video in a tool called frame.io. Which is a, a tool for for video editors to video editors to share uh, yet to share videos with others, so others can comment on the video, and I can and I can write there my comments what what needs to be changed, what I don't know, what we can remove, what we can add, and, and some and, and all these things. And when he gets this feedback from me, he finishes the the edit and and uploads the video, and, uh, creates the. The thumbnail with the uh, with the instructions that I have given to him, and and publish it. That's very interesting. So there are a lot of interesting things here. So just a quick question before going back to your process: Do you do any keyword research? I I did it before, um, but but then I stopped. The reason is that um, I I started to focus more on what what I. Okay, this is a, a little bit of, it's not a science at all, it's more of an art, but what, what I think people will click on, and that's it. Because in the end, what, what I have seen is that a lot of clicks on the videos come from the from the YouTube homepage. So whenever you open YouTube, you know that you have like a lot of videos already in your face. And a lot of clicks come through this and not really through search. Uh, I believe like through search, maybe it's like 20, 30%. And the, the vast majority, like probably the rest, comes from, from the YouTube homepage. So I decided to, to yes, to, to bet more on, on not so SEO-y titles, but, but more of a, like more human uh, titles, like titles that I will click on. And yeah. That's very interesting. So perhaps like you can get away a little bit with this keyword research because you already have let's say an audience, especially when you're just starting out, like at least this is in my experience. So I've, you know, I created over the years, perhaps three or four YouTube channels. So at the beginning, always you have like this, people still need to discover you, right? So you're not going to pop up, let's say, and on the home screen, etc. So I found that actually having, heavily focusing at the beginning, at least to to get you know to get the keyword research and the SEO part right 
helps a lot in in terms of discoverability. I don't know if you share this point of view or not. That is a very good point. And my apologies, because I was not thinking about where I was like two or three years ago when I started the channel, but you are completely right. And probably that's, that's why I was doing it, even if I didn't realize it until now. But, but yeah, probably I was doing SEO research because of this, because I didn't have an audience. So how, yeah, I'm not appearing in any homepage. Uh, so, so yeah, I believe that you are completely right. And, and even now I, I, I don't do it, but when I started, I was also sharing my videos in, in different reddits, in, in, in different subreddits, in Facebook groups. So I, I was, I was going that this, uh, the, the half mile further to, yeah, to, to share it. Cause, cause yes, when you are starting, uh, yeah, the the organic traffic that you that you bring is very is very minor. Yeah, I remember that you you shared that on uh, our last conversation, and you know, like what you were talking, I was just mm-hmm. you know curious about like where do my um, my views come from and. Look, like on my side, I have 60% coming from YouTube search. So I'm certainly biased towards keyword research. Uh-huh. Uh, SEO will never hurt. That's for sure. <laughs> I want to, to go back to your workflow when it comes to YouTube. I think it's, I think you have a very, very strong workflow. And um, the first thing that I want to go back to is that I love the fact that you actually mentioned that um, sometimes you don't have ideas, but based on what you are seeing or what you're consuming, like you, you just, you just, you know, have some ideas that pop up. And this is something that I really want to emphasize on because many creators, especially, especially newbies who, who get started, they don't really understand the importance of content consumption when it comes to content creation. This is something that I talk about a lot um, in my second brain course, again, I'm going to leave a link in the description um, if you want to check it out, is that at the beginning of every creation comes actually the consumption part, right? So you are what you consume, not only when it comes to food, but also when it comes to how you feed, how do you, how do you feed your brain, right? And I really like the fact that, you know, um, you, you mentioned that. This is the first thing. And, and the second thing is that I really love the fact how you are batching things. So you're really taking batching very seriously by number one batching the um you know the the scripting batching filming the things but you also kind of understood that there has to be a sweet spot which means that if you feel bad about you know creating four videos in a row then you certainly don't do it because it just eradicates the or it just takes away the the fun out of out of it. So I really like that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I try to be more of a robot of what I can be, and and yeah, and I found out I believe like in one month, one month doing this, like recording four videos per week, I was like, eh, fuck, fuck this, I'm not doing this anymore because. I remember like going to sleep knowing that the next day I was going to record four videos. I was like, wow, I don't want to do it. I, I feel like it, it felt like such a burden. And, and I realized, but I'm doing this because I like it. So, and, and I'm not enjoying this. So what's the point? Yeah, I may be more, more productive, like, but, but that's not the only point. So we are also uh, doing all this creative thing to have fun and to, and to enjoy the process. Do you, so you mentioned that you're scripting the videos and then like, do you, uh, do you have a prompter or something like this or do you just script it so that you know exactly like what you have to say and then, you know, you just 
leave it like that. So kind of you leave some kinds of randomness to it. Or I have I have tried a little bit of everything. I have tried the the teleprompter. I have tried the no scripting. I have tried the scripting bullet points, and then just go off the cuff. But in in the end, what what felt better was a. To script, but not just no, no word by word. So what I want to have is like the structure of the of the video, um, so I don't forget about about anything. And then when I'm recording, I mean, since the video is gonna be edited, so I'm just uh, reading on the screen like the the next point, see the sentence and everything, and then I just look at the camera and say it, but it's no word by word. And and maybe even when I'm when I'm speaking, I may come up with a with another idea that I didn't think of when I was scripting. Mm-hmm. And I would just say it because may, maybe I, I can just remove it later in the in the edit. But but yeah, I I kept this this kind of hybrid approach between using a teleprompter and saying everything word by word and, and not having a script. So I stayed in the in the middle. So I, I have a script, I have the structure, but I I don't follow word by word. I I, I just allow the, the script to to guide me. But then then yes, then I have a little bit of, of creativity when I'm when I'm recording and I, I may add the new things. And how do you approach the script? Like do you use templates? I use a very simple templates uh, that I got from Ali Abdal because uh, I did his his YouTube course and but it is a, it is a very basic uh, template is divided in a, in hook so I I always uh, want to have a, a hook uh, in the in the video which is the part of the of the video like in the 15 first seconds that that are supposed to to hook the the viewer so he stays um then the how he called it the the introduction like who am i and everything sometimes i think most of the times i don't do it anymore before i was doing it like hey i'm daniel founder of whatever blah, blah, blah. but yeah i don't do it anymore then the value which is like, like the meat of the of the video what, what the video is about and and then the end screens so he calls this the hive uh, um, process and end screens is, is basically to to point the viewer to the next video that he should watch. I mean, if 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 you have like the today's video, you may also like this other video where I talk about blah blah blah. blah so click here, blah blah. See you next day. So this the this is the, the last part. This is the the template that I that I have. I like that. It's simple yet effective. Daniel. So do you have any specific targets or goal in terms of views, in terms of subscribers, or perhaps in terms of revenue? And how do you actually define success? So honestly, the the main um, target for, for 2023 is to kind of invert the percentages of where the money is coming from. So I would like to keep the consulting as it is because I, as I said before, I, I enjoy doing it. I don't want to overdo it because I know that if I overdo it, I'm going to end up not liking it. So I just want to keep it as is. But I just want to grow now the more scalable part of the business, which is like the the courses, the the templates and, and everything. So I want that these scalable things uh, make up like 70% more or less of the of the revenue. Now it's 40. And, and, and that the consulting goes from being the 60% that it is today to uh, more 30%, something like that. So yeah, this, this is my the, the main goal. Yeah, I really like that. So... One thing that you've been mentioning through our conversation is really the importance of balance. So not trying to not do enough, but at the same time, not trying to push too hard. Because if 
you're doing things the hard way or too hard or pushing yourself too hard, then you encounter the risk of start hating the process instead of really enjoying it, which then has negative effects on all kinds of different areas, right? Not just in business. I, I believe that the main and the most important thing is self-awareness. Uh, I'm, I'm very big on, on going to, to therapy. I go to, to therapy with a psychologist every, every week. Uh, I do med- meditation uh, l- less often than I, that I, that I will want, but I, I do meditation. I do, I do journaling. So all, those, all these activities uh, help me to kind of keep the focus on what's going on inside. And, and this helps me to understand, oh, I'm doing too much of this thing because I don't find it enjoyable anymore. The, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relax a little bit. I'm going to do it less or, or I'm going to find a way that takes uh, less of my time or something like this. So in the end, it's just uh, working, working, working and finding which are your limits. Have self-awareness to understand that you are crossing your limits and then just uh, bringing it back down to a to a level where yeah where you enjoy it i think ending this podcast on this on this advice like is is the best thing to do so daniel if people want to know more about you and what you're doing where should they go so mainly to my to my youtube channel they're they're gonna find a lot of uh, information on how to build systems and, and automation for businesses so they can find it at daniel canosa and and then and from there you you are gonna find everything else that I that I have to offer my consulting services and and all of it. But yeah, I will point them to to YouTube. Awesome, Daniel. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure having you. And yeah, I wish you wish you all the best. Thank you so much. All right. So hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And as always, you're going to find all the links we mentioned in the show notes. And if you're a content creator or want to become one and want to monetize your knowledge online, then be also sure to check out my free emails because in my daily emails, you're going to learn how you can speed up your content creation workflow to create more content faster and thus attract more clients online in less time. It's the first link in the description. Thank you very much for tuning in today and I see you next week.